Breaking in! Curtis, a question for you. How many times have we seen this movie? Uh, which version of this movie? This movie. How many times have we seen Breaking In? No, 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 no. Well. I saw Breaking In one time. I don't know about you. There are so many other movies that are exactly like Breaking In. Exactly. I count a lot, but in my research today, and in my own general knowledge, uh, Breaking In could also be called Kidnap the Strangers, Them, Straw Dogs, Desperate Hours, The Kidnapped, Knock Knock, Panic Room, Funny Games, Trespass, and Single White Female, just to name a few. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I found that today, and I said, well, these all look exactly the same. They are the same. And they are. So, yeah, Breaking In. Breaking In. Um, yeah. So, like we mentioned earlier, uh, this is not exactly an original movie uh in fact it's done it's been home invasion movies have been done a million times over except this time it's not really in their home but it kind of is uh but anyways the main character is a mom and she kind of goes nuts to you know get the guys out of her house or get her kids away from the men her kids essentially um well curtis give us a a plot summary here so we can kind of get into it yeah so Panic Room stars Gabrielle Union. She plays a mother. Yeah, that she does. Of a family, the that, matriarch of her family. That with she does. Two middle school to high school age children and a father who is on a business trip. But he doesn't show up till the end. Yeah, so but he's on a business trip. He yeah. can't come. They they make it clear that he's in the picture still. Right. Um, <clears throat> um her father. Passes away, yeah, in a hit and run accident, in the very, which we see in the very beginning. Yes, yeah, and then uh, part of what takes place after that is that she has to sell the estate, including her childhood home. So she and her two children go to the house to inspect it with a realtor in order to sell it. Uh, at this point, we are shown the house and all of its many features and all the things that happen or can happen as part of a security measure within the house. And we find out that some people have already broken in in order to steal something out of the house. And they take her children and lock her outside of this impenetrable house. And stuff happens. Basically, everything after that, whatever your mind comes up with is probably what's going to happen. Which is very similar to the last movie we podcasted about. Exactly. Exactly. Incredibly except, predictable. Is exactly except this time instead of it being a comedy, now it's a suspense thriller. Or yes, slash, I guess not really technically. I guess not technically considered horror. Uh, very much a thriller though. Anyways, uh, yeah. So breaking in, um, like we said, we've seen this movie. I've seen this movie more than once. Uh, not this specific movie. I've only seen Breaking In one time in the theater, but movies like it that. There are a lot of, this is kind of taking off of a lot of movies. I've, I've seen those plenty of times. And that kind of leads me into, the, I think, the, one of the biggest issues of this movie is that it is not in any sense original. Um, and I don't think you can really consider it to be any kind of an original story because of everything that's come before it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, everything that Curtis just said, we I've seen, and there are I've seen before, there are plenty of movies like it. So, one of the things that I found interesting is that this movie is 
not even an hour and a half. Like it's an hour and 28, uh, according to IMDb. But when we walked out of the theater, I turned to you and I was like, that was the longest hour and a half I have ever experienced in my entire life. Amen, brother. Because the pacing of this movie, to get from one point to another point takes forever because it wants to pad out that hour and a half. So if we didn't have that, say we were to take out the pieces of the movie that don't, that just don't need to be there, uh, which is a, a bunch of it, this probably would have been maximum 30 minutes. I agree. The easiest movie to compare this to in terms of story and construction is Panic Room. Yes. Which is yeah, a that. David Fincher movie that came out and I want to say 2000. Right. Early yes, 2000s or late 90s. You are very correct. I did look this up. I don't even know the specific year, but yeah, it was either it was in that time range that you mentioned. I'm pretty sure it was um, like 2004, yeah. but don't quote me. So the thing about Panic Room is it knows how to set up a story and to pay off a story in an interesting way, even though it is essentially just redoing the age-old break-in. Right. Well, right. at the time, too, it wasn't too big of a thing. It really wasn't. No. It kind of spurred on all these other things. Right. But the thing that keeps the movie going is its pacing. Right. Without the pacing of that film, the movie doesn't work. Because you have to be able to keep the audience in suspense from the first frame to the last frame of the entire sequence where there's somebody trying to get into the house. Right. This movie loves to take breaks in suspense. Which is okay, but the breaks are super slow in terms of what's actually happening on screen. Right. And then the action sequences are incredibly fast and a ton of things happen all at once. So it ends up becoming more of a jarring mess than it does an evenly paced film that gives you room to breathe. Right. And to be fair, there are a lot of movies that do kind of have a similar structure like this where normally it's just slow until you get to the action scenes and then it goes really, really quick. The problem is, and that, and that can work, that that uh, style can work, but it doesn't work here because we are taking so much time and really nothing does happen between the action scenes. I even turned to you, I, what felt like 30 minutes in, turned out it was only like, like 15. Uh, and I said that it's been 30 minutes and nothing has happened. Really the only thing that's, kind of happened is they arrived at her dad's old house. Well, it's because we spent like these incredibly long sequences of just like watching somebody drive. Right. Or watching somebody get out of the car. Right. Like it just felt like every little detail had to be shown and it made us feel like there's just nothing going on. Right. It, We're not moving anywhere. We're just watching people drive. Right. And it's like half once suspended in like showing the events that happen showing it in real time and then half of it is kind of a montage it it really just kind of is the timeline's kind of jumbled but yeah just the pacing all the way around this is just really bad because yeah like i said earlier when we walked out we were both just like that was a very long hour and a half and i had a very hard time believing that it was an hour and a half i was thinking more hour 50 maybe even two hours but i am to be said different apparently so yeah Another reason I would consider this to be long or feeling like it's long is its lack of characters. Oh, yeah. They are underdeveloped, uh, cardboard cutout, uh, 
points on a checklist type of characters. Yes. Every single one of them. Exactly. Because we have the mom who didn't have a very good relationship with her dad, which isn't expanded on at all after it's introduced in the beginning. We have the two kids, the teenager, the angsty teen, and the, the good little boy. And then the three, the four, technically three, but actually four bad guys. Uh, we have the leader, the one who wants to do his own thing and is always kind of going against the leader, uh, the scaredy cat slash the nice guy, and the dude who dies first. Literally Whatever your mind kind of goes to, to think, uh, to fill in those characters, that's essentially what they are. They are so flat that it begins, it, it makes, I really could care less. That's just the biggest thing. I could care less about anybody in this movie because they are so poorly developed. There really is nothing to them. Like, it's a a stretch for me to say that there's development. Yeah. That's a script issue. Yes. And an acting issue, but we can get into that later. Right. Uh, Again, I'm going to keep comparing this the whole time we're going to keep talking about Panic Room. Because right, well, this is pretty much just a shoddy remake of yeah. Panic Room. So, I'm, going to leave that, I'm going to leave those comparisons up to you because I have not seen Panic Room. Correct. So, Panic Room, in terms of characters, has Jodie Foster, right. a mom who was doing everything she could to raise her daughter, married to a billionaire who was caught sleeping around and she broke up with him and they got divorced and she lost everything so we watch her buy this new house trying to make it on her own with no money with no connections to friends that she once had because she's made this choice and trying to raise a teenage daughter who is still trying to navigate what divorce means and what that looks like which is a very interesting scenario in itself and the whole movie we watch them have to grow closer together in order to fend off what is happening outside of this house. On top of that, the antagonist characters also have their own separate motivations. Right. They, very similar to the characters in this movie, did not know anyone was going to be in the house when they got there. They expected the house to be vacant still. And Forrest Whitaker's character in Panic Room has the same type of motivation that Jodie Foster has, which is I need to save my family. So they're both going after the same goal, just in very different ways. Right. So that makes the plot interesting because we care about what the characters are doing. In this, we just care about the story beats and the characters are serving the story in the worst way possible. Right. And it's kind of sad because like i mentioned earlier this isn't a very original story but not only that but about halfway through i kind of began to realize that okay we're the movie is trying 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 not to be like these other house invasion movies the problem is in its efforts to not try and be like them not only does it fall into that being in that same group but also because it's trying to think of new ideas and different things to do which i wouldn't wouldn't even say are original or even new ideas in the first place uh it that's what pads out the movie once again because we are trying to expand we're trying to think of a way of how can we do this movie before everybody like unlike everybody else but the problem is they're doing it just like everybody else and they're padding up the movie and it just makes it just the pacing just is terrible. And mm-hmm. the characters, once again, they did not 
even try to go in with anything on these characters. They are very, like you said, cardboard cutouts. They're very cookie cutter. Like I said earlier, you think of what they might be, that's what they're going to be. Which is, it makes it hard to get into a movie like this because right. you don't have anybody that you're supposed to empathize with. I mean, technically, yes, you do. But because of how weak that they are, you can't get into them. At least not for me. I could not get into any of these characters, not only because the acting was terrible, but because they were literally giving nothing to work with because nobody wrote anything for them. Yeah. Which goes right into script because this script is terrible. Like, it. there were... We talked about this in the little vlog that we did. But... Uh, how many times did you... How many oh foam gosh. swallows did you have? This script is just cheesy line of dialogue after cheesy line of dialogue. Yeah. It's just bad. And sometimes when that happens, I decide to start swallowing my phone because right. I find that more interesting than what's happening on screen. There were... I can't remember. I said in the video how many times. I think it was... I thought about it a lot more than I actually did it this time. Yeah. But... Suffice it to say, this script is just... The dialogue, at least, is just god-awful. There's oh, nothing yeah. good about the script. Right. That's kind of the biggest thing, is that the dialogue is just horrid. Because uh, there's a little thing called subtlety, right? Which and this movie doesn't have. Yes. This is the complete opposite of subtlety. Like, I've seen movies where, okay, well, that dialogue's kind of hand-fisted but okay you know a lot of bad movies already kind of have this where the dialogue is very pointed it's you can tell what the foreshadow is going to be because the because of how the dialogue how because of how the dialogue is laid out but with this one the dialogue is basically it essentially just looks at the audience and says here's what we're going to do and there are a multiple lines where it comes off or they were the where the character says a line, and then it's just like, wow, okay, well, it couldn't even be more obvious because of how the dialogue was not only was like said, but it was also just structured. Mm -hmm. And it makes it, it makes the movie just almost at this point is laughable because this dialogue is just so oh, yeah. ridiculous. And they think that the writers think that they're really apparently they think that this is good writing when it totally is not oh i laughed out loud more than once at yeah lines i curled up into a ball a couple of times which is uh i think i have two curls uh which is equivalent to your phone swallows probably i think i gave it three total but i thought about it like eight or nine times yeah i had at least two times where i curled up into a ball and at least twice that i took off my glasses i love that this is a rating system I know. established. <laughs> I know. This is great. So, yeah, that kind of moves into characters as well. Or we did characters, I mean acting. So yes. that kind of moves into acting as well. Right. So these actors, granted, did not have a lot to go off of. The script right. was doing them a disservice. The oh, yeah. story in general was doing them a disservice. That being said, the acting is just as cardboard as the characters. And yeah. that does this movie a huge, huge disservice because you can give the worst dialogue in the world to a good actor and I'm still going to be like, that wasn't bad because they're pulling it off as best as they can. Right. But here it just feels like they're not trying at all. Gabrielle Union was about 
as deadpan as she could possibly be for a mother that's losing her kids. Right. And here's the here's the problem though. I think that she's the best actor in the movie. I would That's not saying much. She might be. I think uh Billy Burke wasn't awful. Yeah. Because he was pretty much just his whole character was supposed to be deadpan. Yeah. So that was just where he lived the whole time. And I've seen him he was in a TV show called Revolution for okay. a while that JJ Abrams produced on NBC. And his character is pretty much the same there, where he's just kind of the laid back, I'll do what I have to type of guy. And it works for him. Yeah. But it's also not anything that's special. Right. Either. Everybody else, though, laughably bad. Yeah. And I say that Gabrielle Union is the best actor because she's at least given a small arc. I mean, it's nothing big. But at least she's given something... Uh, Billy Burke isn't really given anything. None of the crooks are given anything at all. They are just literally wrote down, uh, this is what your character is. You are the leader. And he becomes the leader. And that's yeah. it. So he isn't, doesn't no, have an arc. Has there's no motivation. So there is little motivation. So these, so these actors don't really have anything to work with. Oh, yeah. And for that, I pity them. Because yeah. there's not much they can do with what they've been given. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to build something off of that, but at right. the same time, none of them really try to build anything off of it either. Right. So it just becomes this flat mess on top of a flat mess. Right. Served with a side of flat mess. Right. And this kind of gets us into the kids because here's the thing: the mom, the daughter, and the son—they all act the exact same. Not only is there no not only, well, not only are they just bad, but there is absolutely no emotion from any of these three. There is one moment, I think, when the daughter cries, but even that's, you can just kind of push that off because it kind of comes at a moment where it feels like, okay, so what? Um, yes, all of these, all of this family kind of all act the same. They are very deadpan and they all act very monotone and it makes the movie so boring because they all act the same. There is no diversity in characters between these three. And we spend at least 15 minutes in the beginning just with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just mind-numbingly dull. Yeah. Nothing happens. Right. Nothing that is even remotely relatable or funny. Right. Or concerning or deepening a relationship. And nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens. It's right. just like it's like watching a car commercial. You're right. <laughs> And here's the thing, too, is because the characters are bad, the dialogue is bad, and all this stuff that is just stupid, I began to forget this movie while I was watching it. Me too. And it's only an hour and a half. But because I mentioned earlier the pacing is so slow, nothing sticks. There is n- there is nothing here that I feel is makes it, gives it any kind of lasting uh, thought. Because it's so deadpan, it's so lazy, it just has nothing special to it, which when it's all said and done, I this movie will be forgotten. And it already has been. Yes. And it and just came out this week. What what's so upsetting about that is why this movie got made. That's what makes me upset about right. this movie being so forgotten. Right. So easily forgettable is the reason why it was made. Right. This movie was very clearly made as an attempt at equal representation in film. 
for African Americans. Right. To create quality movies where African Americans can be represented well. Because that has not always been the case. If we look at things like whitewashing or just in general, African Americans in film have not been well represented. Well, maybe not just in a broader course of history. Yeah, and maybe just not even well well represented, but there are a lot more movies that contain primarily a white cast and don't exactly have different ethnicities ethnicities in the cast with those people. Exactly. So this movie was, I'm sure, was pitched as this is Panic Room with black people, right? Right. But they, but. That's not a bad thing. Right. If it can be done well. I am all for equal representation in film. Movies like Black Panther or Wonder Woman or Moonlight or Lady Bird all exemplify what that looks like. Right. Movies like The Big Sick exemplify what that looks like. Actually, like, having representation of other cultures or minorities in film. That's very important. I think that's something that should be praised. Right. However, this movie is just so bad that it does that job of representation a complete disservice. Right. To the point where it's just sad to say that this movie is going to be forgotten because it just ruined everything it set out to do. Right. And here's the thing. I think we just talked about, we just mentioned this. This is not anything new. I mean... There have been movies, like you just mentioned, a bunch that have been made with this thought in mind of changing the focus away from a more primarily white or cast, a primarily white male cast, to anybody else, right? This is not anything new, obviously. I mean, due to the society that we live in now and the changes that have been happening, we've been seeing this more and more often, which is a good thing. And don't take this as, okay, well, now this movie sucks. That means they all suck. This is not what we're saying. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was obvious. But the point that Curtis and me now are we're both trying to make is that, yes, you can do this and you can represent those that, you're, that you want to change the focus to. That's not a problem. The problem is there needs to be good filmmaking. And that goes not just for this little section alone, but or this not just this area of filmmaking, uh, the more meta side of those who are in the movie but it also goes for what's being represented inside of the movie and other different and different groups that are also being that can also make their own movies and do things like that so one of the other issues that we also had which kind of leads into this next point is that every man every male in this movie i guess minus the little boy doesn't exactly count um they are represented either in two different ways. Either they are a money-hungry kind of a guy who really only lives because of wealth, or they're a wimp. Like, for instance, let me give two examples. Of course, one example is the uh, the crooks who come to the house, right? And then you have the father, which is there's something revealed, revealed about him later that we find out. But then we have... Uh, the dad or the husband, and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but essentially when he gets there, he's immediately taken out, taken out of account, and he doesn't really do much. And so the only 
male that is a good representation is the son. But the son, once again, is giving nothing to do, nothing to do, nothing to work with. So he just comes off as, he doesn't really, he never is shown as brave and he never has any development. So we never get anything, any good vibes from them. So it kind of is interesting that men are shown in this light in this movie. And I don't know if that's what the movie was necessarily going for, but that's what it said. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, I talk about this a lot in my review of I Feel Pretty Mm -hmm. because representation is important, but not necessarily at the expense of another people group. Right. Right. So in this case, we're talking about gender. If, again, we look at Panic Room, it stars two women as the leads. They're shown as strong, capable, and smart, and they have solid relationship with each other. The husband, although having made mistakes, does return later in the film and mm-hmm. is shown to be, although flawed, a an individual who is capable of doing good right. and is capable of being strong at the end of the day, as is Forrest Whitaker's character. Right. That empowers women without degrading men. This movie empowers women while degrading men, empowers African-Americans while degrading uh, Hispanics and whites, because there's a Hispanic character also that has a lot of degradation. And that is a huge mistake on the part of the filmmakers, because that is not necessarily equal representation. It's just doing the same things that white people have been doing. Right. And that's not okay. Right, and there is one character, and it's the scaredy cat slash nice guy that I mentioned. He, at one point, begins to turn, and then, spoilers, he dies. Before he is given any kind of redemption. Because, I I don't know, actually, I really could, I can't even answer that question as to why they would do that. Because there really was not only no reason for him to die, but... In terms of now everybody, every male is also being represented in this way. This also just kind of adds on to the pile. And he was the only character with an arc. Right. That was like redemptive. Right. Because, yeah, the whole time in the more, the deeper you get into the movie, the more this is shown. He's kind of like, this isn't a good idea. And like, he really wants to get out of there. And so, yeah, once we have not only... The fact that this just isn't a really good film in the first place, but the fact that uh, these eth- these different groups, not only of just race but also gender, are being represented represented in the complete opposite way that the movie was going for, it come makes the movie come off as uh, what would you say? Um, it makes the movie come off as just unintelligent. Ignorant. That's a good way to say it. And just of the lowest potential quality. Right. Which, to be fair, it is on every other count. But. Right. But here's the, and here's the thing, too, is that for me and kind of, and for you as well, and for a lot of people who just, like, really like, really enjoy film, is not necessarily, not always about, not, it's not all about the technical aspect about what you're seeing. It's more about the meat. What is the movie trying to say? How does it say that? How does it represent these different... How does it represent these ideas? Things like that, right? That's what makes a film. 
to be fair, this is more of a popcorn flick, Mother's Day, have some fun movie, right? And that's totally fine. Don't get me wrong in saying that, oh, because this doesn't have any deep kind of philosophical message to it, that means it's obviously in the pile of it's a terrible movie, because it's not. If it had those if it had those elements, sure, but if it if it were a movie more on the Hollywood side that was just popcorn fun, but also represented these groups better, then it wouldn't be an issue. We wouldn't even that be wouldn't talking about me it at all. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be talking about this kind of an idea, this these ideas in the first place, had that been the case. But since it's the complete opposite, and there is little substance, and there is really opposite of what it's going for, we have an issue. And like you said, it makes a film come off as bad, makes a film come off as incompetent. It it makes... It's sad that this movie kind of goes against everything that it was trying to set up. Yeah. Every very idea. Similar, very yeah. similar to I Feel Pretty. It it says it's going to attain these things and then just reneges on them. Yeah. And backs out every single time. Right. It does like like you mentioned, and I think I said this well no, that was a different different topic. It basically does a complete one eighty by accident. Oh yeah. By absolute accident. Yeah. And instead of becoming instead of being, you know, bad for the sake of being bad bad for the sake bad in the sense that it's just poorly made to laughably bad. It's more of bad in the sense not only just poorly made, but poorly executed and bad representation of ideas. Which Agreed. which is disappointing to say because this should have been just your typical let's have some fun, it's Mother's Day flick. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to empower not only just women, but it's supposed to show that, hey, love your moms. They do all this for you. And it says, it even shows that this mom would go out of her way to save her kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and when it's doing that, it misses its mark completely. Yeah. So what would you rate it and how would you recommend it? You go first, because I am still thinking. Okay. I decided I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I know in our vlog I landed on a three. Yeah. But today, I'm landing on a four, and here's why. I'm currently looking at a list of all of the worst movies I've ever seen, and this does not even come close to those in terms of uh, just pure loss of quality or just anger that stirred within me when watching it. Right. So for a normal person that doesn't actively seek out these movies like I do, yeah. it's probably going to be a three. But for me, because I've seen, seen things like A Car's Life or Norm of the North or The Amazing Bulk, I have to give it a four. Because comparatively speaking, this is no Amazing Bulk. That's fair. Which... Hey, go see Amazing Bulk. You won't regret it, I promise. I had the time of my life watching oh, that movie. Yeah. If, if, if taking anything away from this little podcast, go see Amazing Bulk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Amen, brother. So for me, uh, I'm I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to have to go with a two. More on the side of... it's it's For me, it's very, very close to being so bad that it's laughable. But because it completely goes in the opposite way and begins to kind of undermine those groups, 
it moves it almost to that edge of it's laughable, but doesn't go over, which is really sad. Because had it gone over and been just off the wall ridiculous and still done all of these things where it just completely spins itself around on accident, then this would have been a lot more enjoyable and would have been a movie that I would probably even recommend had it, even though that is representing these ideas in a totally wrong way. This is not that kind of movie, unfortunately. Nope. So I'm going to have to give it a 2 out of 10, not recommend. I would have loved for this movie to be like a truth or dare. Oh, me too. And it's so bad that it makes it so much fun to watch because it's a train wreck. This is kind of a train wreck, but in a different sense, it's not one of those it's, fun ones. It's a sad train wreck. Yeah. Well, Curtis, anything else? Uh, No, don't go see this. <laughs> I'm going to go see Life of the Party tonight, and maybe we'll have a review of that coming up sometime oh, soon. Oh, no. Or a written review. But. Yes, yes. Well, so I think we landed on you had a four and I had a two, and you had two, three which, phone swallows. Which averages out to probably a three. Yeah, yeah. Which is where true. we both were yesterday. It's so. true. Uh, funny how that works. So, yeah. Then you had what? Three phone swallows? Three real ones, eight mm-hmm. that I imagined. Okay. And then I curled up into a ball twice and took off my glasses twice in frustration. So, yeah. There you go. That leaves us at about a, a three or so. Yeah. Well, about two and a half. With a, with a don't recommend. Yeah, with a not recommend. All right. Well, that's uh, that's about it. If you have nothing else, Curtis. That's all I got. All right. Breaking well, in. Breaking in, finally. Uh, well, that was, that hurt. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Stung a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if this podcast is out in time, which I'm hoping it will, uh, next week is Jurassic World. And then after that, I don't know. I have to look at the schedule. Uh, hopefully by that time, too, we have the schedule live on the website. Anyways, follow us on podcast, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Uh, come back every Monday. We have a new podcast, Corbin and I will, for retrospective that we're doing. Follow us on Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place. Uh, make sure and also join us on the website, silverscreenguide.wordpress.com. I have, I have weekly... Uh, reviews coming out for just random things that I find on the internet that I like for like movies and stuff like that. So in the meantime, you can go see all those instead of watching this movie. I wouldn't even waste a movie pass on it, to be honest. Uh, anyways, I think that's about it. So thanks for joining me once again, Curtis. Yes, of course. We'll it's, be doing it again soon, I'm sure. I'm, I am sure we will. And it seems to be a normal thing to yep. just review the bad movies in the theater. Here we are now. Here we are. This is what we've Until come to Until something become. good comes out. Yes. Well, I guess we did have... You were never really here, which was oh bad. yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, that's that's different. That was our first one. Anyways, thanks guys for listening. See you in the next one. Yep. Bye.